Hi, and welcome to the Fiercely Holistic Podcast with your hosts, functional nutritional therapy practitioners, Kristen Mahaley and Sierra Shea. With this platform, we're going to be your bold advocates, making healthy living achievable by providing small, tangible changes that will encourage your body to regain balance. I'm Kristen, board-certified holistic nutritionist and FNTP, owner of Nourish Holistic Health and Nutrition. I live on an ever-expanding farm in New Hampshire with my hunter husband, Dean, and baby boy, Henry. I'm Ciara, Juris Doctor and FNTP, owner of Aura Nutrition and Wellness. I live on Long Island, New York with my incredible husband, Tim, and beautiful daughter, Libby. We're thrilled to be joining you on this journey towards living a fiercely holistic life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Fiercely Holistic Podcast. We have one of our shorts for all of you today discussing another dietary food myth that we all hear about all of the time. See, I don't know about you, but I get this question on the reg in the office about egg yolks, and I feel really bad because they get a bad rep. Bad. I mean... Raise your hand if you're listening to this episode and you've eaten just egg white omelets thinking that's healthier. Oh my gosh, yes. Egg beaters. Egg beaters was the next one I was going to say. Or like my absolute favorite. So if you're you're on that Long Island and you go to a diner, it's always called like the California omelet and it's egg whites with spinach and cottage cheese, (laughs) which like I lived in California for a couple of years and- no one Never ate that Never had egg whites, <laughs> spinach, and cottage cheese. It's like awful on many, many levels. Um, but no, yes, today we are talking about the beautiful egg. And Kristen and I, we're somewhat obsessed with eggs. Um, Kristen more than I am because she has lots of chickens. And we have a whole episode that we are going to link in our show notes, show notes below where we are talking about what to look for in eggs. So we are not talking today about purchasing. We're not talking about sourcing. We are not really talking about quality. We're only going to be talking to you about what is up with the (laughs) egg yolk. Yeah. So Kristen, do you want to kick us off? Because I feel like this is so your jam. uh, And and, and we're both passionate, but you may have me uh, one up on me with this one. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored. I know. It's like I look at those girls out there, those chicks, like the, the birds. <laughs> oh my gosh, like people are going to come for me. And I just think to myself, like, they, Mother Nature intended the yolk to be with the white, which we've always talked about. So why do we throw away half of this like perfect food? It's so complete in its entirety with like a beautiful blend of vitamins and minerals and fat and protein. So I totally fell victim to the sea. I was an egg beater, a boxed egg beater girl. My nanny used to make egg beaters with smart balance. It oh was God. like On so many chemicals. levels. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so delicious. <laughs> Be- probably because it was cooked with so much love from your grandfather. So much love. It was. And so much smart balance. Like he'd buy <laughs> huge tubs, like yeah. spoonfuls of it would go in. So the thing or the myth that we're breaking down, is that eggs increase plaque and cholesterol and cause heart disease. And over the years, truthfully, in prepping for this episode C, there was so much mixed data Mm -hmm. on the World Wide Web that I was like, 
no wonder this is confusing to people because over the years it's been like one egg a day, one egg a week, no eggs, only the whites, only the yolks. Like it's ridiculous. Totally. And I want to piggyback. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, you go. I want to piggyback by saying, um, it also depends on what your search criteria is. So if you articulate it, can I have three eggs a day or versus the benefits of three eggs a day? You are going to have such different results. And I will say most of the time, the top results are going to be the ones that are against eggs. Like they just happen to be that right. way. You have to totally. dig. Anyway, totally. go ahead. The one common thread that I did find in putting together some research and data for this episode is that no one is talking about the quality of the eggs. So that's why I do think it's so important to go back to our episode all about eggs, like free range versus pasture raised versus cage free, like all the different buzzwords. Because when I see this information about eggs and cholesterol, it's just grouping eggs. It's like if we just grouped, if we put like ponies and mustangs and clydesdales and just said horses yeah like but they're all different yeah. you know so the thing here where sierra and i both like leaned on a lot of our research is from an incredible book it's kind of like our fnt bible called nourishing traditions by sally fallon in this book if you pick i would say see one book to get started with on this journey, I would probably start with Nourishing Traditions. It's a good one. Um, It really, really is because it breaks down so many food myths. Um, Also, when Kristen and I went to school, like the Weston A. Price Foundation and all of the research and studies that Dr. Price has done, he was a dentist that traveled the world and found that all of the healthiest cultures ate nutrient-dense whole foods, which is why that is what we say, nutrient-dense whole foods, nutrient-dense whole foods, nutrient-dense whole foods. Like, And actually, I'm very impressed I said that so quickly three times. Me too. That just goes to show you how often I say it. But the truth is, these whole foods is what is the reason we're here. It's ancestrally why people are around and why you and I are around and, and you are listening to this podcast as a listener. Every culture ate eggs. Right. The caveman did not have a neon yellow and red box of egg beaters just waiting to put on on the fire. That just needs to be shaken and and stirred. (laughs) And will last for 27 months. No, it's so true. I also want to say, Kristen, another issue with some of these studies and, and when I was doing my side of the research is that it's really hard to study someone's health and only detect what the effect eggs has when they're eating other unhealthful foods, right? Amen. So there was one article that I was reading. It's a really incredible website, actually, called whfoods.com. And they're back. It's the world's healthiest food. It's a non-for-profit foundation with no commercial interest or advertising. Their total mission is to help us eat and cook healthy for optimal health. So they were sharing that some of the issues with these studies was that they were pairing eggs with other saturated fats coming from 
bacon, and things like this. Now, again, we're going back to quality. Like, bacon is not bad. I'm not saying bacon is bad. But they're not just measuring eggs. They're not just saying, like, oh, I'm going to measure the health effect of eggs on Kristen, and the only thing that she'll be eating is eggs, pasture-raised eggs, right? Like, they were eating other things. They were eating high carbs. Other people had, like, you know, other illnesses going on. So some of these studies are very skewed in terms of what the results were. Does that make sense? Totally. The thing to keep in mind with cholesterol, and maybe we do a whole episode on cholesterol, is that cholesterol is a hormone that produces a marker of inflammation. That's how I have always looked at cholesterol. The thing about it is the American Heart Association has really segmented it into good and bad, LDL and HDL. But really, when you look at cholesterol its its entirety and do a full, complete cholesterol panel, there's all these different lipids that make it up, not just two, not just HDL and LDL, which we've deemed like the good and the bad. So cholesterol can rise, see, I mean, you know this, like when someone's sick, when someone's inflamed. We had a client who um, was working through Lyme support, support for Lyme disease. Cholesterol went up like 60 points when we were eradicating Lyme. And then when we were done with that, cholesterol came back down. So it's going to ebb and flow. So that's another reason why we kind of have to take this with a grain of salt. But focusing on this whole myth of eggs, increasing plaque and increasing cholesterol, you will see on page 437 in Nourishing Traditions, there's a quote that states that the fried egg, there's absolutely nothing harmful in frying it gently in butter. Dr. Mercola, in his book, Superfoods That Give You the Most Bang for Your Buck, states that ideally you want to eat your eggs as close to raw as possible, such as soft boiled or poached, scrambled or fried eggs, oxidize the cholesterol in the egg yolk. So what both of these individuals are stating is that it also depends on how you cook and eat the egg. So when the egg is cooked, like with a runny yolk, that will shift how it oxidizes versus when it's like been fried for 20 minutes. So keep this in mind as well. Now, does that mean you can never have a hard boiled egg or you you want to avoid that? No, this is just another layer to answering this question. It's not just eggs. It's how are they prepared? How are they raised? (laughs) Like how are they brought into the world? What else is going on in your body? So there is a study that you can all type into Google or whatever (laughs) platform you use about egg yolks and placking. And the study that what you would want to type in is egg yolk years and the exceptionally exponential curve. So Dr. David Spence of Ontario's Stroke Prevention and Research Center basically put this study together saying that eggs is almost, eating eggs is almost as bad for our arteries as smoking cigarettes. Isn't that just like It's kind beyond, of crazy? yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> beyond. So this was done in 1995, by the way. So that was how many years ago? Like, I, yeah, I'm not gonna math. Too many. Yeah. Things have changed. 
But this is still a lot of the data that we're going off of, kind of like we've touched upon in our episodes, Ansel Keys and the low fat craze. Like we're still believing this shenanigan that has changed over the years. And if they redid this testing today, we'd see very different results because some results were skewed. So what you'll see when you Google this is you'll see the age of the individual and the eggs they consume per week. And does their plaque increase? Does their plaque decrease? The results of this study, see, showed that plaque among people who consumed two or less eggs, so a maximum of two eggs in a week, was lower than the plaque in people who consumed three or more in a week. All right. Any questions so far? No, I'm with you. Okay. So now... Some of this data started changing um, because the Canadian egg consumption shifted, and this was done in Canada. So from 1995 to 2000, like they were going back and, and looking at this more and more and more. So here's the big thing. When the same test was done, or the same study, excuse me, was done with age on one side and plaque on the other, we saw as people age, whether they eat eggs, whether they eat rice, whether they eat spirulina, that plaque increases as well. So we were basically comparing like apples to oranges, if you will. What we end up finding is that the bottom line, plaque increases with age. The eggs couldn't be isolated out because the data was exactly the same. One other thing to keep in mind where they bring up this pattern of cigarette smoking the exponential, and this is a direct quote from this study, the exponential nature of the increase in total plaque area from egg consumption follows a similar pattern to that of cigarette smoking. This is one big thing that came up. Now, another bit of information that the Weston A. Price Foundation has come out with is saying, circling back to this oxidizing in the egg, You'd have to heat it to extremely, extremely high temperatures. So I hope like a couple minutes ago, I didn't scare all you and thinking like, I can never eat a hard boiled egg again. No, that's not true. This would be like absurd high temperatures. And then it would need to like, you'd almost need to force a little hole into the egg to let it oxidize. Regular cooking, like scrambling eggs, making a souffle, making soft boiled or poached or a quiche, that does not oxidize the cholesterol. So that was another kind of myth, like, oh, it's when they're cooked. Nope, it, it would be like off the charts high temps, almost as high as when we make hydrogenated oils, which we all know by now <laughs> are no bueno. Yeah. So that's the big thing with this information. Basically, in this graph, it depicts, in summary of this study, a very small and statistically insignificant difference in the plaque area between those who are consuming less than two eggs a week and those who are consuming more than three. Really, the bottom line is that it increases with age. Now, I like a little um, asterisk to this. You and I all know by now, our FHP listeners, that this can change. So yes, placking can increase with age because... The plaque present in Henry 
is very different than the plaque present in a 90-year-old because there's been 90 years between the two of them, or 89, because he's almost one, of potential damage that's been due to pollution, mold, chemicals, food, processed oils, sugar. So know that you can take your health in your own hands. Cholesterol is such an important marker of inflammation, but my vote is that eggs do not affect cholesterol when the quality sourcing is exceptional. I love it. Exceptional. Exceptional. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I just want to add a couple little tidbits to this in terms of the research that has been out there. And, and we we led this episode by saying that there's a lot of conflicting information um, and some really bad studies. Overall, you know, even with the good studies, the quote good studies, there are still mixed results. And part of the issue here is that researchers are not choosing participants who are not eating anything else, right? So in other words, what I'm trying to say is the participants in these studies are all consuming other foods. So for example, in the US, if you are having a breakfast with eggs, it's typically consumed with bread, a white bread, or other foods like bacon, sausage, ham. And so this consumption of eggs with other foods makes it really hard to separate out the specific influence eggs has on your health, right? So that obviously makes sense to me. And for anyone listening to this episode, I would hope that makes sense to you as well. So some of the studies actually have found that it decreases risk of cardiovascular issues. Some studies have found that it increases your risk of cardiovascular health issues. So yeah, our takeaway is nutrient-dense whole foods. <laughs> Eggs are a wonderful source of B vitamins, choline, other minerals, uh, protein, omega-3 fatty acids, like some of these nutrients that you're really not going to get at these high levels in other foods. Like you are going to get the most bang for your buck by incorporating eggs. Totally. And remember the bio-individuality. You can always test to see how you do with eggs. I just want to share real quick, see the pulse test. Do you think that's okay? Yeah. Wrap it up? Absolutely. Okay. So Dr. Kakoa is a doctor who found a connection between a slight increase in the heart rate when a food is present in the body that is contributing to an allergic reaction or putting stress on the heart, meaning it can cause a sensitivity or inflammation. So what you'll do, it's a super easy two and a half minute test. You'll sit down and you'll take your pulse the old school way, either like on your neck or on your wrist, don't use a smartwatch for a full complete minute, 60 seconds. Don't do 30 seconds and double it, a full minute. Write that number down. Then you'll take an egg and I would separate the yolk from the white. So I would test the yolk and I would test the white. You'll take some of the white, you'll put it in your mouth, you'll take a bite, chew it, salivate around it, leave it in your mouth for 30 seconds, which I'm not going to lie, is going to be kind of gross. But know what? You can do it. It's 30 seconds of your life. Then while it is still in your mouth, you do not swallow the egg white. While the egg white's still in your mouth, you're going to take your pulse yet again the same way for another full 60 seconds, another full minute. Write that number down. Then you can swallow the egg yolk or white, but I'd say at this point, you'll probably want to spit it out. (laughs) 
If that number increases by six or more points, it's an indication that egg whites are putting a stress on your heart, causing an inflammation in your body. So you may not be able to digest it. You may not be able to metabolize the amino acids and the fats. It may be an inflammatory food to your body. So then let your heart rate come back down to your baseline, like go do some things, come back and recheck the yolk and see, okay, it only went up four points, it went down, it only went up two points. But if it goes off the chart, like if you go from 70 to 82, I'd probably avoid eggs. Do some gut repair, heal everything up, increase the quality of the egg, and then reintroduce it. So it's an awesome test C that our listeners can use so that we're not just grouping everyone avoid eggs or everyone eat eggs, like they're not for every body at every point in time. And duck eggs, quail eggs, ostrich eggs, turkey eggs, chicken eggs are all metabolized differently, even though they're all eggs. So you may not do well with chicken eggs, but could do fine with duck eggs. So just keep that in mind too. I love that. That's such good information. So two things that I want to say, um, and just in case this is not abundantly clear, um, that egg will be cooked. <laughs> so don't do that with raw egg white, um, please. And thank you. Oh, yeah, thank just you. like in case it was not assumed. So <laughs> yes, yes um, that is for sure. Um, don't go all rocky on it. <laughs> right. And then the other thing that I want to say is, if you come back and you find that you are having a reaction to eggs, does not mean that you will forever have a reaction to eggs, right? There was a point in time when I was in a moldy environment um, and like really, really mold affected. I couldn't have eggs. My body went off the charts. I love eggs and I incorporate eggs every day now. And I have no problem digesting them, and I feel really great when I have them. If you find that after you eat eggs, and it may be something you want to do where you're singling the food out, so when you incorporate a lot of different foods, it's hard to know which one is the thing that's causing it. But if you're having eggs and you're getting itchy, your eyes get red, you have hives around your body, those are all signs that you should be removing eggs from your diet, possibly even permanently if you do have a true allergy to it. Um, And I'm going to say the same thing goes for kids. Now, it may be really hard to cook a pulse test them. So, but um, some kids that have reactions to eggs do just need some gut healing support. And that is going to be true that in the future, they could definitely or potentially have eggs again. So, The myth is busted. Um, Our suggestion to you is incorporate the eggs. And there's another great book. We're going to link it in our show notes by a wonderful colleague of ours, um, Liz Wolf. She wrote a book called Eat the Yolk. So we're going to we're going to link that for you all to take a take a read to. We'll link you to Sally Fallon's um, Nourishing Traditions. There's also a Nourishing Traditions Baby and Child. Um, And the last thing that I'm going to say about eggs is that across the board, egg yolks are listed as one of the best first foods for baby. And I know Livy had that. I know Henry had that. I know all of our colleagues' babies had that. And so um, don't shy away from whole foods unless you have a reaction to them. Uh, they are life-giving and exactly. you want to lean towards what's nutrient dense and not what is in a box or package with an ingredient label. Perfect. And Put Your Heart in Your Mouth is another great book too by um, Mary Dr. Natasha uh, Campbell McBride. 
put your heart in your mouth. So we can link that too about like what you eat and how that affects cholesterol. Love it. We will see you guys soon. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fiercely Holistic Podcast. If you loved this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review to help us grow. You can find Kristen at nhhnutrition.com and Ciara at auranutrition.com. If you have any thoughts, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at fiercelyholistic at gmail.com. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. The views and opinions expressed during this series are solely those of the individuals involved.